Thank you for listening today to our podcast here at Word of Life. We're delighted that you tuned in. And I pray that while you hear us talk, you hear the Holy Spirit speak. I know God's got a big plan for you. We're excited to be a part of that plan. Hopefully we will see you sometime soon, maybe even this weekend. Until then, we pray you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Hey, church, it's so good to see everybody here at our Lakeland campus. And can everyone at Lakeland give it up for our other physical campus at Highland Colony? Hey, church, we love you so much. And we're so glad you were able to make it today. And I know everyone at our physical campuses would love to say hello and welcome to everyone watching around the world. Can we give it up here at our physical campuses for everyone watching online? Hey, church, we love you so much. And we pray that God's just moving in your lives in big ways. Now, I want to make everyone mindful that if you didn't come Friday night, you missed it. Like, it was amazing. We had such a good time Friday night. But you know what? We created an opportunity where if you did miss it, you can come back uh, and have another opportunity to see it. We have our Christmas production tonight at our Lakeland campus at 5 p.m. So if you're there at Highland Colony, uh, come over, if you didn't Friday night, uh, to our Lakeland campus. I'm here tonight at 5, and we have a Christmas production. Uh, If you were here, you know it's worthy of coming. Uh, Some of you I know may even come again. You've already told me that. But if you didn't come, I want to invite you to come and once again bring somebody in your friend unit or family unit Um, that uh, maybe needs to know that God loves them and has a plan for their life. We saw a lot of decisions made for Jesus um, this past weekend, uh, Friday night, and we believe we're going to see even more uh, tonight. And so uh, come, but also bring somebody with you because we think it's going to be great. And then, well, we don't think. We've already done it once, and it was great. Uh, And so you need to come out um, and and be a part of it. Uh, And then on Christmas Eve at both of our visitors, campuses. So at Highland Colony, you will have it there. And at Lakeland, we will have it here. Uh, Christmas Eve at four o'clock, we have a candlelight service where we will come in and, and sing Christmas carols, light candles, and talk about how light came into the world. And it's just a wonderful kind of way to begin the Christmas season and uh, to begin kind of that, that period of time where celebrations are kicking it up and people are meeting with family. Uh, It centers our heart on what all of this is actually about, which is celebrating not a gift that we're we're getting, but a gift that we've already received and and what the the spirit of Christmas really is. And so uh, you don't want to miss that. And then we have Sabbath Sunday. Uh, And uh, Sabbath Sunday is what we do to give all of us on staff here at Word of Life a little break from doing Christmas Eve candlelight services and Christmas productions and everything else. And so we won't have church next Sunday. If you come to church next Sunday, you will have church by yourself or whoever else comes uh, at the the church service. And then we will pick back up January 2nd. Uh, And I want to encourage you rest, spend some time with your family, and then join us again for January 2nd second for the Daniel uh, Dare. Now, before I dive into the message, I want to make mention of something. You guys know that we were looking at our big give to uh, raise $150,000 for our Poindexter campus, which is going to launch at the end of next year. Uh, We have to come in and refurbish it, and we were looking to do the heating and cooling and other things kind of with that first phase and and kind of get it functional from a heating and cooling standpoint. And so we were looking to raise uh, $150,000 
250,000. Let's see where we're at with that mark. They will put it up on the show. Oh, here we And it's faded full. Come on, church. Oh, come on, church. Thing got good. Uh, so we've already contracted the work. They'll begin in January. And we were able to not only uh, do the uh, AC and heating, but we were able to get uh, enough competitive pricing where we're going to be able to do some foundation work uh, and, and get the foundation in a sturdy place. And so uh, we're ahead of the game. And we just want to say thank you to each and every person who gave to that. It, it really is something that uh, I think is going to be just so beautiful and wonderful for the kingdom of God uh, right in the heart of Jackson, Mississippi, and uh, it's just a neat, neat thing. So on behalf of Word of Life Church, let me just say thank you for giving to that project. Open up your Bibles, if you brought them today, uh, to the book of First Chronicles chapter 17, and we are going to look at verse number 2. First Chronicles 17 and verse number 2. Every year, uh, I set aside time at the end of the year uh, to grab a new journal, and um, I call it a prayer journal. You can call it whatever you want. Um, but I started this in 2019. I would grab a, a new one of these, buy it at the tail end of the year, and take about two to three days um, to sit down and begin a new one. Uh, I end every year with a time of reflection and thanksgiving, but also a time of vision and planning. Uh, now, I've done this for many years, but the last three years, I've been very specific at it. Uh, in 2019, started then. Um, and from then till now, have seen, and I don't use this word lightly, uh, many miracles come out of this. Now, for me, a miracle is just where you taste and see that God is good. It's God breaking through the natural realm um, it is you have what you know you could do in the natural and then seeing what only God could do in his power and his grace. And many of you who have attended this church have seen some of those miracles, and so you can testify to these things, that you've kind of seen God do really cool stuff for us. Uh, but this is the, the, the backing of it. Uh, this is how I'm working with God. And this is very interesting. God doesn't work for you. Uh, he is not a genie in the bottle who's like, mm, Scripture, and there goes God. Uh, he's a co-laborer. Uh, so he works with you. Um, and I have seen God work with this very well. And as we approach this Sunday, uh, with all the other Christmas activities going on, from Christmas production to candlelight, I really felt impressed in my heart, uh, especially with all of you having a Sabbath Sunday uh, next Sunday, for you to take some time uh, between now and the beginning of the year for you to do this as well, uh, to have a moment where you look back at this year and record and write down what you learned, uh, to have a moment where you look at what God did for you this year and you have a moment of thankfulness but you also have a moment of vision and planning of what will be a guide for you uh, throughout the next year. So I actually have two up here with me today. 
Uh, this is the one from 2019 because at the, the end of 2019, uh, because I have written down what I liked, uh, would have liked to have seen happen in 2020. But I also have this one up here because it has the next 10 years in it as well. So from 2020 to 2030, I also wrote down what I would like to see happen in that, that time frame. Uh, so uh, I just want to give you kind of the system that the Lord gave me and pray uh, that some of you grab a hold of this and begin to do it. Uh, because I want you to see miracles too. Amen. Anybody else say, I'd like to see some miracles. Like, I'd like to see God do something really neat. Um, So out of that, uh, let's just begin. Number one, uh, mine your heart for desire. The first thing that you want to do when doing this is mine your heart for desire. Uh, We'll look at this scripture again. We looked at it last week in 1 Chronicles chapter 17 and verse 2. It said, then Nathan said unto David, do all that is in your heart for God is with you. Um, Now, I love that scripture, uh, and I think it's just fantastic advice. Um, David is coming to the prophet Nathan, and he is telling Nathan, "Um, here's what's in my heart, and here's what I'd like to see happen. And Nathan's automatic response is, do all that is in your heart because God is with you. Now, you know the back end of this. Nathan is walking out, and God checks Nathan, and Nathan's like, oh, you know what? That's actually not for you to do. That's for Solomon to do, and he begins to course correct him. So David prepares for the temple and, you know, gives Solomon the money that he needs to do it. Uh, and this is a type and shadow of the New Testament uh, because in the New Testament, you have been made a king and a priest, and David was the only person, well, one of the only people, who walked in multiple anointings in the Old Testament, prophet, priest, and king. Uh, and so out of this, David is symbolic of you. Nathan, the prophet, is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will help you in this process, but not until you pay attention to your heart. We don't pay attention to desire. The problem with the body of Christ, I heard Mark Batterson say this years ago. I agree with him. The problem with the body of Christ is not too much desire. It's too little. Uh, And the truth is, is we need people in God's kingdom who are dreaming big. Uh, We need people in God's kingdom who are are doing big things across politics, big things across entertainment, big things with books, big things in business. We need God's people dreaming. The language of the Holy Spirit is the language of visions, visions and dreams. Uh, God comes into the lives of people all throughout Scripture and says, I want to lift you up. I want to raise you up. And the people that he did that with were the people who thought they couldn't. Uh, Gideon's like, not me. Uh, Saul's like, not me. Jesse over day was like, not him. Uh, And those aren't like cute stories in Scripture. It's symbolic. Uh, It is saying that all of us, especially those of you who would think of yourselves as maybe ordinary or insignificant, that you are majorly discounting what God wants to do in you and what God wants to do through you. You need to get your hopes up. You need to dream big. You need to plan big. Do all that is in your heart. And if it's not God, the Holy Spirit will come and he'll check you. His spirit, Romans chapter 8 tells us, will bear witness with your spirit. 
Um, so it'll not just be your desire, but it'll be the Lord's. So every, uh, the Lord will help you. So out of this, every year, at the end of the year, I already did this, took two days while I was in Columbia to do this. Um, I, I take it and I just write, what's in my heart for next year? Uh, what do I want to see God do in my family? What do I want to see God do in my finances? Um, what do I want to give to missions? What do I want to give to the church? Uh, my brother-in-law uh, and sister are starting a church in Portland, Oregon next year. What do I want to give to that? Uh, what do I want to see happen in the lives of my kids? Um, what do I want to see happen in my, the life of my niece? What do I want to see happen for my mom? Uh, what do I want to see happen um, um, in my own disciplines? Uh, what do I want to see happen with all these types of things? I write it all down, every bit of it. Uh, and it is not, um, you know, long. It's real short blurbs. Um, and those types of things. And then I'll add to it even throughout the year. So like for this past year, uh, my mom got in a car accident and it was a, a big car accident. Like it wasn't like a, a fender bender. It was a big thing. Car flipped, all those types of things, ambulance, emergency room, like big, big time stuff. Uh, and so my mom went through it uh, physically. And so immediately, how many of you know, that's the desire that's in my heart is for my mom to be fully functioning and free. And so that's what I wrote in my prayer journal. Mom is fully functioning and free. And so every morning I open up to that, I literally write it in the front of the, the new journal. Every morning I would look at the, that and say, I thank you, Lord. My mom is fully functioning and free. I, and I'm coming to it and I'm seeing it. I'm envisioning she will be fully functioning and free. And so out of that, uh, my mom texted me actually two days ago. And she's just recovered. <laughs> I mean, like... Just glory to God, praise, uh, recovery. And so she texted me the other day, and she's like, Joel, I just want you to know, I just came back from a doctor's appointment. They did, like, all the, the things that they do, scans and MRI or whatever it is. You know, they look at all that. And she said, when the lady came in who did it, she said she came in with tears coming down her cheeks. And she said, you are literally a walking miracle. And she said, I don't understand from looking at your scans how you are walking uh, and, like, how you are standing. Like, this is a walking, living miracle right here. Uh, amen. Uh, so, uh, is that because of my prayers? No, it's because of the goodness of God. Uh, but the goodness of God has to be tapped into. It's like a pinata in a room. The candy's there. Uh, but prayer makes tremendous power available. Uh, so the candy's there in the pinata, but it's not available to all the kids until someone lays hold on eternal life. Um, and the kingdom of heaven suffers violent. The violent take it. Um, and so you have to come back in and get in faith. Uh, you can't just sit in the house and let Jesus pass you by. You got to get out and you got to press through some things and you got to pray. Uh, and so, out of that, mind your heart. And somebody says, Well, is my heart a safe guide? Well, it depends on you. Uh, somebody says, Following your heart's the worst advice you could ever give anyone. I'm like, It depends on the person who's listening to that. Uh, because out of that, there are some people who most definitely do not need to follow their heart. Uh, and then there are other people who most definitely need to do. And somebody says, well, what makes the difference? The difference is, are you trying to draw near to God? And if you genuinely and truly are, are in a place in your life where it's like, you know what? I am done playing church and religion. I genuinely want to know him. 
and I want to press into the Holy of Holies. I'm, I'm fine with everyone else being in the outer court. Well, I'm not fine with it. I'd like for them to go deeper too, but I'm done. I'm done just dwelling in the outer court. I want to go into the Holy of Holies. I want to know him. My determined purpose is to know him. And out of that, if you are genuinely at that place, you are going to see God speak to your heart. Uh, Proverbs 20 and verse 27, they'll throw this up on the screen. Uh, The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord searching all the, notice this, inward parts of the belly. Somebody says, well, what in the world does that mean? Candle of the Lord. Um, Light equals direction. Light equals guidance. If you are in this room and you're looking for something and it's pitch black, you don't know where to look and you're stumbling. Uh, And so Jesus, even in in his teachings, would often say, I don't operate in darkness. I wait until the light. Because in the light, there's no occasion of stumbling. And this is taught like when he was going to go see Lazarus. And they're like, why are we waiting? He's sick to the point of death. And Jesus is like, I'm not going until I have direction, until I have light. Uh, And the reason why this is so important, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, is because back in those days, they didn't have electricity where you could switch on a light. You'd light a candle. Uh, You'd start some fire and you'd light a candle or a torch and you would look for things with that candle. If you left something in your room and it's dark, you'd light the candle and you'd, you'd search with the candle and look for it. And here it says, the spirit of man, which is noticed in the inward parts, like right in this center, um, is the candle of the Lord. That's where you find guidance. And so if you are walking with the Lord and like pressing into his presence, there will be things that come up in you that just have so much peace and joy to go after it. And uh, that's safe. And there'll there'll be other things that you're going after that when you go after those things, on the inside, it's like, but that doesn't seem right. And so whenever I get that, I'm like, cross it off. That's not for me. That's for somebody else, that kind of thing. But I'll cross it off that way. Here's another passage of Scripture in Psalms 37. Many of you know this, and this is a Scripture with a a double meaning, verse 4. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, of course, the double meaning is, is when God is first, the rest is blessed. It's the principle of the tithe. When God's first, the rest is blessed. When God is first in your life, the rest of your life is blessed. So you delight yourself in the Lord, he lays beside you the desires of your heart. You seek first the kingdom of God, all the things that the world seeks will be added unto you. So that's a meaning, but it's also the double side of that of when you delight yourself in the Lord, your heart is a safe guide, and the desires of your heart are a safe guide. So the more you press into God, the more those desires will get bigger. The ones that are not God will pass away. And when you get those things, write them down. But guess what this all requires? This, you delighting yourself in the Lord. And as you do that, your spirit and your heart become a very safe guide. What do you desire? Uh, The blind man came to Jesus, and he said, what is it that you want me to do for you? Write that down. What do I want God to do for me? 2022, what do I want God to do for me? And, And across every area of life, 
What would I like to see happen? All right, number two. So once you've gotten that down, you've, you've mined the desires of your heart. Secondly, here's what you'll do. Number two, uh, you'll ask God for a promise. So I not only want to mine the desires of my heart, go searching through them, I want to ask God for a promise. And the reason for this is found in the book of Jeremiah. They'll put this up on the screens. Uh, book of Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 12. This is the New American Standard uh, Bible. Um, this is that translation. I love the New American Standard Bible. Like it is a great translation of Scripture. A lot of the translations that are, that are becoming popular are, and I'll just say this, and this is controversial. It's okay. It's safe for you. And that's my, one of my chief jobs is to keep you safe. A lot of these uh, new translations are not translations. They're interpretations. And they're marketed in such a way with such elaborate adjectives uh, that get people to, like, really be romanticized by Scripture, which I think is great. Don't get me wrong. Like, if you, if you fall in love with Scripture, good for you. Like, that's a, a great thing. But a lot of times we forget that there is pe people out there who sometimes put profit above people, and marketing is designed to sell things. And the more things sell, the more money people make, uh, and that type of thing, which is not always good because the love of money can be the root of all evil. And I have seen some of these translations. I'm like, man, that reads so good. And then I'm like, but that doesn't line up with what I learned in Bible school of what the original Greek and Hebrew of that actually means. Uh, and looking through it, I'm like, let me go. I'm like, it doesn't mean that at all. Uh, and so it's interpretation, but it's not a translation. The New American Standard Bible, if you come away from the King James and New King James and all of those things, is a safe translation. Uh, and so out of that, this is um, in the New American Standard Bible, then the Lord said unto me, and this is what we want for you, is you coming into a place where you know his voice, the voice of a stranger you're not following, you've activated that priestly anointing on your life, and you're writing down what the Lord has said unto you. You have seen well, because once again, um, the, the office of the priest hears, the office of the prophet sees, uh, and then says. And so out of this, it's this combination of hearing and seeing, you have seen well, for I am watching, this is God speaking, over my word to perform it. Uh, so God performs his word. His word does not return unto him void or without power. So you want a word for the next year, uh, and you want to write that down, and you want to go over that word, and you want to return the word to him. Uh, Paul wrote unto Timothy, and he's like, look, it's not enough for God to like speak prophecy over you. He said, you need to war a good warfare with the prophecy uh, that came before you. Uh, when he's describing, Paul, the armor of God, he's like, you've got the shield of faith, you've got the helmet of salvation, but then you have the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So you're taking the Word of God, and you are fighting with that Word. You are swinging that sword. So it's not just like, God, here's what I want. It's like, but God, here's what you've said over what I want. 
wanted. Uh, and so you can just do a basic Bible study for those things. Or in prayer, certain scriptures will rise to the top for what the word of the Lord may be that you need to focus on. Or God may speak something to your heart. So, for instance, for me this year, uh, the Lord for 2022 has, and I have the scriptures written down at the top of, of my journal, uh, Deuteronomy 8, uh, 1 through 18. Amos 9, verse 14, Hebrews chapter 3 and 4, 1 Chronicles 22, 5 through 19. Uh, these are scriptures that I'll look at at least weekly uh, and mine them because these are promises that I just have had surfaced to the top for all the things that I've written down uh, for this year. Uh, and then God uh, will also speak to me certain words of like for this year, the word of the Lord was release. That was one of the words God gave me for this year, release. So every day I'm looking at that word, and I'm like, God, in, in 2021, there will be a divine release. Something will be released in the earth in Jesus' name. And then, of course, you guys see this, that we've had two campuses released to us. Uh, the Fondren campus, the Poindexter campus. The Poindexter campus, 10 years ago, divine ministries came into this Greek Orthodox church in a prayer meeting that night, the Lord said, in 10 years, there will be a release of this. Um, there will be an open door and a release of this facility to someone. And, of course, October of this year was 10 years to the date. We didn't know that until we called them, and we're like, we're, we're kind of looking at your facility. She's like, are you an angel? We're like, no, we're not. We're close. I'm kidding, but not angels. And, and so out of this, she said, for three days, I've been fasting and praying because the Lord told me in 10 years there would be a release of these things given to us, laid beside us. Why? Because God watches over his word to perform it. Um, you know, and so these types of things begin to kind of, kind of come up in our heart. In 2019, and I wrote this down for what I'd like to see in 10 years, it's in this journal, um, for what I'd like to see in 2019, I wrote down. In 2020, I'd like to see God do this. And from 2020 to 2030, here's what I kind of see God doing. And these are things I need to pray. Uh, so I wrote all that down, and I'm like, okay, God, I want a promise. And I'm, I'm praying in the spirit overlooking the parking lot, uh, right over here in my office, looking o over that parking lot. And the Lord told me, uh, and he said, look, uh, quadruple. And I'm like, huh. So in my mind, like, I'm seeing quadruple. It's like, okay, at that time at the Lakeland campus, you know, before COVID, we were running like 4,000, 3 to 4,000, you know, depending on the Sunday, high of 4,000, low of mid 3,000s. And so I'm like, okay, if you quadruple that, where will those numbers kind of be? And like, I'm, he's like, no, 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 look up quadruple. Because your mind is not renewed. Your spirit is alive unto Christ, but you've got to bring your mind to submission to the spirit. Uh, and, and so out of that, I'm like, okay, let me pray. And God's correcting me. And he's like, Google it. And so I got Google quadruple. And the first term is an adjective which says consisting of four parts. And he said, word of life uh, will consist of four parts. And so out of that, I'm like, huh. Uh, and so I'm looking at that kind of thing, and I'm kind of going over it. I'm like, okay, by the end of 2030, we will consist of four parts. And that's all written down literally in this journal. We will consist of four parts. Had no idea of campuses. That was before Highland Colony, before Fondren, before Poindexter, before any of those types of things. 
but I would look at that every day. You can ask my wife. Every day I pull these things out. I travel with them. I don't vacation from them. That's my prayer journal. It helps me connect with God. And so out of that, I'm looking at it every day, and I'm like, thank you, Father. You told me by the end of 2030, Word of Life will consist of four parts. Uh, And then the Word of the Lord for last year was rapid acceleration. Uh, that what you thought would happen in this amount of time will happen faster. And as we approach the return of the Lord, we are going to see some things happen faster to harvest the world. Uh, And so out of that, uh, the Lord told me, rapid acceleration. And so I looked at that. Rapid acceleration. Things are going to speed up. And then we saw the last two years, God add three campuses to us, Not one of them did we have to buy. Not one of them did we have to purchase. They were given to us in key spots of the ministry, two churches joining our church, becoming campuses. And by the end of 2022, not the end of 2030, we will consist of four parts. Word of life will quadruple, and it happened rapidly, a rapid acceleration. And somebody says, well, why do you say all that? I don't say that to, in any shape, form, or fashion, brag, but to show you the principles of how God works. These are things that you can see openly. These are things that you are walking in and living in. You're living in answered prayer, literally, right now. You are living in answered prayer. What God is doing in our church is you living in answered prayer. Uh, And these are how these things happen. It's not something that's for the spiritual elite. Uh, It's just simple principles taken and applied with habit force. Um, And so there are things that you can do physically when you apply them with habit force. It's like, I think I'm getting in shape. It's always some combination of eat less and move more. (laughs) You know, you break it down and it's like this works physically. There are things that when you do them spiritually, they work. Uh, And so out of these things, I want you to, number two, really come to this place where it's like, okay, Lord, I've written down what I I feel like I have in my heart across all these areas of life. Now, Father, I need a word for these dreams. I need a word for that vision because you watch over your word to perform it. You will hasten your word and come before God and let scriptures rise to the top Uh, Let God speak to your heart and give yourself over to whatever he speaks to you. Or or maybe even you had a prophetic word given to you where where someone spoke over your life something and it bore witness with your spirit. Uh, Don't just wait on God to just make that fall in your lap. War a good warfare with that word. Look at it. Pray over it. Speak it out. But get a word for this season. Number three, the third thing that I do during this process, and this is something that I would love for you to do maybe on Sabbath Sunday. While you're sitting there at home, please don't come to the physical campuses. There will be no church. While you're sitting there at home next Sunday, maybe you have a moment where you kind of do some of these things and you practice some of these things and create your own prayer journal. But the third thing that I do is this. Number three, ask God for his desire. 
Uh, so I read a book in 2019 uh, called Anything by Jenny Allen. And you've heard me tell this story before. But I read the book and I'm like, oh gosh, I was so challenged. And I, of course, always ask, like, God, what's your will? I want your will to be done on earth, even as it is in heaven. Like, all of these types of things. But I don't know why. Something about that book. I'm like, I'm going to pray this prayer, and I'm going to move to Africa. Like, I just felt it. Like, I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I want to tell God anything. Uh, and I don't know why. It was like a real funny, weird, immature mental block. Uh, but finally, I came to that place after reading I'm like, anything. <laughs> like I, a minute when I prayed it. And, and just a couple of days later, the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, you know, you asked anything. He's like, here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray with your staff more. As the church has grown, you've leaned more on the arm of the flesh and less the flow of the spirit. And I want you to course correct that. And what was born of the spirit must be sustained by the spirit. And you have to come and you need to pray more with your staff. Um, one of the biggest principles of prayer, the disciples came to Jesus and said, Lord, teach us to pray. And what did it begin with? Our Father. Our. So he says, you want to know how to pray? Start praying in community. Our Father. Um, and so out of this, um, the Lord led me in that. And I kid you not, from staff prayer, like and our staff can testify Everything to the cameras, to the LED screens, uh, to the campuses, to our parking lot, to point extra being paid for, all of those things, we come together as a team and confront what God needs to do in this ministry and, and have a voice going before the ministry. Uh, and so staff prayer, he's like, you need to, to make that a priority. Uh, this year, the Lord told me, and when I asked that, anything God, and then just waited, um, the Lord told me, he's like, make your wife a priority. And she always has been, but this was like a different kind of thing, like something I needed to see. And then by the end of this year, <laughs> I'm a slow learner. Uh, so, but uh, I'm kidding. Uh, by the end of this year, I'm like, ah. And so we've walked in that, and it's been just so neat. This year, when I asked the Lord that and waited for a couple of days, he said, make rest a priority. Uh, and what you did was necessary and is good, but next year, enter into rest, which is why Hebrews 3 and 4 um, is such a big uh, two chapters for me personally of what I need to take into that. So I have that written down, rest. Well, how am I going to do that? What does that look like? How will I be a doer of that word and not just a hearer of it only? But the reason why this is so important is most people are not doing what God really wants them to do. And your miracle for your next season is hanging on literally one instruction in your current season. And when you are a doer of that word and not just a hearer of that word only, then you'll be blessed in your deed. Uh, Paul wrote this. He said, and you will walk in the blessings of God after you have done the will of the Lord. And so out of this, you do the will of the Lord and you patiently wait and then those blessings begin to come. And so out of that, you want to make sure that in the middle of you writing all your desires that you're really coming into this place where it's just a heart of surrender and saying, God, what do you want me to notice? Um, what do you want me to pay attention to? And I never would have thought making the simple of adjustment of making staff prayer a priority for me to go to and lead again um, and, and kind of take that charge would have resulted in so many of the miracles that we've seen. Like, it has been amazing what God has done out of that. 
And this is often the way of God is there's something simple, fill the water pots up to the brim, take the crowd, sit them in uh, groups of 50, go show yourself to the priest. There is simple instruction that when faithfully done and carried out equals water turning into wine, equals five loaves and two fish feeding thousands, equals leprosy being cleansed. Uh, simple instruction done in faith. And so you really want to kind of build in this moment where it's like, God, what do you want me to do? Anything, God, you want me to do, I'm willing to do it next year. And then number four, I'll close with this. Write it, read it, say it, see it. Uh, So (laughs) when you get all these things, write them down. Uh, After you write them down, go to them daily and read it. Uh, After reading it, You want to say it. You want to pray it. You want to give God thanks for it. You want to say, by this time, I'll see God do this. Say it. And then lastly, uh, see it. Come to this place where you're, you're not just praying these things and saying these things, but you are seeing these things in your own heart. Now, this is a big distinction. And, and something I, I don't want to skip over. I check this out in Mark chapter 11, verse 24. I love Mark chapter 11 and, uh, and, and verse 24, verse 23 and 25, all of it, because they were art in my house. Like, literally, this scripture was art. Uh, growing up, as, you know, the product of preachers uh, and pastors, this was art. So, like, in our living room was Mark 11, 23, 24, 25. Uh, and in verse 24, there's a distinction where we kind of see these principles played out. Jesus is teaching here and watch what he says. Therefore, I say unto you. So who's talking here? You think you ought to pay attention? Yes. He says, therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you what? What are we doing with step one? We're mining our desires. What is it that I really want? Holy Spirit, show me what it is you want me to want. So I got to know what I desire. Then I got to do what? Say it, pray it. I've got to, you know, come to God and like ask for it. But notice, believing that you receive them and then you will have them. Here's how a lot of people think this works. Okay, I have a desire and I'll pray and then I'll have them. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. Believe you receive them, then you will have them which means I got to get to this place before I get to this place. And the reason why we don't get to this place is because we never get to this place. And so when I say see it, I literally mean see it. I'm not, I'm not talking like that's not written like, um, you know, write it, read it, say it, and then you'll have it. Uh, it's write it, read it, say it until you believe you do. And when that clicks, it's only a matter of time before you do. Uh, So when I'm praying these things, I'm literally envisioning my mom fully functioning and free. And I'm not coming to God and being like, God, for the 500th time, please do something with my mom. No, from day one, I've prayed the prayer of faith. God, you're at work both to will and to do your good pleasure. And Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. Your power is working on her right now. I thank you, Father, she's walking without pain. She's standing without pain. Thank you, Lord, for it in Jesus' name. Uh, Seeing uh, quadruple, seeing four spots. 
In fact, I actually, when the Lord spoke to that uh, back in 2019, went down to Fondren, and I thought it would be the Capri Theater, uh, which they are doing now. But I had Fondren in my heart of just kind of seeing uh, what God could do there. Um, with, with Highland Colony, same types of things. But you want to come to this place when you're praying these things, you're seeing them happen. Um, and you're at this place where you're seeing it so much that it elicits thanksgiving before and not just after. That you, you know it's coming with so much certainty that it's like, God, you are so good. <laughs> I see it, and I'm just so thankful for what you are doing on behalf of your people. Uh, and I, I just want to encourage you in this. Years ago, me and my wife took a date. Uh, and we went to this restaurant uh, in Ridgeland, and we, we sat down there, and we just started talking. And I think it was like our second, maybe our first, uh, anniversary. And it was just a moment where we were just sitting, having a, a nice steak dinner. And I asked her this question. I said, where do you see us in five to ten years? And literally, we just talked about that for the longest time. And after dinner, you know, we get in the car and we drive back to my house. And when we get in the house, um, I walk through the threshold of the door from the garage over into the kitchen. And I just sense in my heart that I've grieved the Holy Spirit. He can be grieved. Uh, and I, I was so curious because there was not, not um, any knowingly thing in my life that my mind could figure out that was getting this grieving. And so I, I walked back to the, the bedroom, walked into the closet, and when I got to the closet, it was kind of this moment of privacy, and I said, Lord, what is that? I can tell that I've grieved you. And I said, you know my heart. I love you more than life. I don't want to grieve you. And he said, who told you that? I'm like, who told me me what? Just in my heart, not out loud, but in my heart. Who told you that? I'm like, who told me what? He said, you said at dinner in five to ten years, this is where you'd be. He said, who told you it would take that long? Who told you that? I said, Lord, no one told me that. I said, Father, I just, in my own life, like I kind of just see the natural progression of things. This is where we would be. And he said, Joel, what you said would happen in five to ten years, I can make happen in one. And we've seen him do it with quadruple and campuses. What you said would happen in five to ten years, I can make happen in one. But he said, until your wildest dreams become tame, they'll never come true. And he said, in Abraham, I I was able, and this is the truth, when you look at Abraham, there were things that God got to Abraham so fast, it's mind-blowing. It's like, how did you take him from nothing to where he was at? Like, the first couple of chapters of his life, you just see God moving. Uh, But there was one area in Abraham's life, he couldn't see it. And God told him, in his old age, you're going to have a child. And and Abraham's like... (laughs) There ain't no way. It's a wild dream. It, like, they would love for it to happen. When Sarah heard it, she laughed. And not like, you know, like, I'm excited laugh. She's like, God, you have such a sense of humor laugh. Like, it's, it's so far beyond the season of life for me that, like, it's laughable. It's a wild dream. So for years, God wasn't able to get it to them. They couldn't see it. And finally, Abraham just has a fit with God. And he comes to God, and he's like, God, you told me 
uh, that I would have a child. And I haven't had one yet. And you've blessed me with all this stuff. And you've blessed me with all these things. And I have no one to give it to but a servant. And he's like, what is going on with the promise you have given me? Wild dream. Frustrating. He wants to see God move in an area he hasn't believed he received. He's still trying to get it instead of being a possessor of it. Uh, And so out of that, you know what God did? He's like, come here. Step outside of this tent. Come here. Come here. Come here. He's like, look up at the stars. What do you see? He said, stars? He's like, can you count them? He said, no, Lord. He said, so shall your seed be. Look down at the, the sand. Abraham, he's in a desert. I've been to that desert. Look at the, the grains of sand. Can you count the grains of sand? He said, no, Lord. The Lord said, so shall your seed be. Now, what's the Lord doing? He's showing them two things, that when you're in a desert and it's night, all you see is stars. And when you're in a desert during the day, all you see is sand. He's showing him two things to fix his gaze upon. To see it until he sees it. And as soon as he could see it, uh, he saw it. And God got him to say it by changing his name into Abraham, which means I am a father of many nations. And when God was able to make that switch in Abraham's life, 16 months later, he had a child. Now, here's what I want you to do with this. I want you to spend so much time with what God has spoken to your heart. I want you to spend so much time with the desires he's put in your heart. I want you to spend so much time with the desires that God has given you. I want you to spend so much time seeing these things. And the world has tried to take this and like the vision board thing and like all these other types of things. And it's like so funny to me of like how the world tries to always mirror what God does. And you can do whatever you want to do. I'm just telling you what I'm doing, what I do here is I write down every one of those promises I write down every one of those desires. I wake up in the morning and I pull out my, my sand and stars. And there's some things that are written here that I'm trying to tame. Uh, there's other things that are written here that I know are only a matter of time. I got them already. Uh, and I've got them spiritually and it's only a matter of time before they break through naturally. Um, but those that I know I'm still working on, I just see them and I give thanks for them until I know that that is something that is captured in my own life. Uh, and I want to encourage you to do this. And, and I know that so many of you, you'll hear it, and it's like, that sounds great. And it's like, yeah, I took some notes. Uh, but I pray there's like a handful of you that come in here, and, and the word that's sown into your heart today, that you pay attention to it, and in your life you see 30, 60, and 100-fold. That you don't allow the cares of the world and the holiday season to get so busy that you don't do anything with what you heard today. Uh, And then you don't allow next year to get so busy that what God started, uh, we don't finish. Uh, But that we have some consistency. And like the woman with the unjust judge coming back, here is exactly what I want. And you're asking and you keep on asking. And you're knocking and you keep on knocking. And you're seeking and you're keeping on seeking. That out of this, you see God do some things in your life so strongly and so miraculously 
That when you leave this earth and you graduate to heaven, if Jesus tarries is coming, the next generation picks up your prayer journals and they see a life that is a living epistle born and read of all men, that they have a testimony of God moving and God working and God seeing and things being crossed off that their grandmother was praying for and things being crossed off that their mother prayed for and they see this is not just made up stories to make people feel good at Christmas time. There is a living God who lives and abides abides forever and he is good and he is merciful and he is still powerful and a God of miracles. That this is not just something written about in scripture. That this is something that people took scripture and applied it into their own life and like Abraham even though it may have taken years they're holding a promise that could only have come from God. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Let me pray for you today. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Over at Highland Colony, I'm going to turn the service over to Pastor Ryan and let him close out the service today. Our online campus, I'll turn it over to our online pastors for them to close out service. Here at Lakeland, me and you, we'll close it out here. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Joel, I want to know the Lord it's so funny, I, I even talk to pastors and they're like, you just talk about like hearing from God and like, you know, <laughs> all these other kinds of things. And I'm like, it's honestly a little sad to me because God is the most real thing in my life. His voice is more real to me than yours. His voice is more real to me than the sound of a bird chirping in the air. And it's a whisper. And it's a nudge, and it's a prompting. But you can know him. You can be a sheep, and you can know his voice. He can call you by name and have a deep personal relationship with you. And he doesn't need, I say it all the time, but it's the truth. He doesn't need your perfection. He just needs your surrender. And so if you're here today and you say, I want to know him, I want to walk with him. And that's you. You want to give God the gift of you this Christmas. That's you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. No one looking around. You just lift your hand. That's all I'm asking you to do right now. Hands going up all over the room. There is no fear. There's nothing here that every one of us haven't done before in this space, in this room. Amazing. Amazing, amazing. Now, everybody in here, just pray this prayer with me. You can repeat it after me. Just, if you want to, just say this with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I surrender. I want to know you. I want your voice to be real in my life. I want to know what grieves you. I want to know what excites you. I want to know your desires. I want to know you. And I thank you, Father, that the love of the Father, the grace of my Lord Jesus, and the communion with the Holy Spirit is with me. And I thank you, Lord, all of my mistakes up to this point. They were paid for by the blood of Jesus. 
Jesus, you forgive me, you wash me, you cleanse me, and I stand here today afresh and anew and ready for all you have for me. I thank you, Lord, for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we give it up today to everyone? Just everyone. Oh, amen. So many people wanting to just know the Lord. That's amazing.